Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Gold masters in the making. That is perhaps more appropriate than ever today. As you'll see in a moment that we get into our program, I want to get ahead of myself here. Welcome to The Open Door. Thank you for tuning in. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Jerry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. You know, we've got to change the promo at the beginning of this to include you. you know, yeah, you're definitely a... We are a three-legged stool. You're a keeper, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah, well, can you renew my contract? I guess. There you go. Well, today, after a long and winding road, we are at point part 15. This is the final installment in our Enlightenment Masterclass series, which is based on the book, The Corona Class Lessons, which every week we admonish all of you who are interested in having the handbook for the Aquarian Age to acquire this book, The Corona Class Lessons. It is phenomenal. It's a manual for how to follow the, the path of the ascension, the ascended masters, and Christhood, Buddhahood. It's a beautiful book. Anyway, today we're talking about, on this final segment, becoming the ascended master that you truly are. And this is not a fantasy. You are really on your way to becoming an ascended master. You know, I think that's interesting is how do you relate to that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, I thought about this a lot. And obviously it's, you know, understanding the purpose in life, who I am, the light within, getting the basics of the teachings of the ascended masters. And then you reach the point, is it going to be real for me? Yeah. In other words, is it going to be intellectual knowledge? Is it going to be, you know, what am I going to do with this? You know, as you pointed out so often, Tom, you know, you can't unlearn what you know. You can try <laughs> and forget it. But I think the application of the teachings, the understanding of what it takes to get where you're going, and I think the understanding of when you're going through something, why am I going through this? I'm a spiritual person. This doesn't feel good. You know, maybe I'll just take up meditation, you know, but an <laughs> yeah. understanding of what it takes to win your ascension and the fact that every one of the ascended masters had to do what they had to do and overcome certain things to get there. So it's really important you keep the right perspective on the path so that you understand what you're going through, although it doesn't seem very etheric or spiritual in some ways, is a key component for you to take that next step on the ladder, to yeah. balance a certain karma, to learn a certain lesson that you may have failed in other embodiments. And of course, that's why I love community, because you've got people to share your experiences with um, and understand what they're going through and what they're seeing and quoting a teaching or something to help you go on. I know I couldn't do this by myself, and that's the beauty of community and the beauty of this incredible mass of teachings. There's something for every soul and every test that you can imagine in there. Well, as you've said also many times, this is the path of overcoming. And sometimes the overcoming is not big things. It's little things. You know, we were talking before the show about sometimes how we feel that in the course of our day, we might have done better. So, you know, we, we get on our knees and we basically say, God, you know, forgive me for whatever. And you, we, we get through it. We move on. But the point is that the initiations are going to come constantly until we make our ascension. Yeah, and and that's, the, that's the beauty of the understanding of karma. So when something negative happens, 
you can actually, rather than frown, you can actually smile at it. You can say, well, hey, thanks. (laughs) I didn't know I was... I'm still working on that one, Terry, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I got hit by a car and broke my leg. Uh, It was was a pedestrian automobile situation. You're pretty good now. (laughs) You know, but it still carries the scar, Mm. and I still got this, uh, this screw in the bone, you know, and that sort of thing. But... Every once in a while, I just look back on that and I say, isn't it great that that happened in 1958? <laughs> oh, I gave, I gave away something there. Uh, isn't it great that that happened? They because for my, for, my, <laughs> for my whole life, I've been reminded of yeah. something that yeah. I, I had to go through. And it's just wonderful. Well, you know, Paul had what he called a thorn in his side. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus told him, you know, my grace is sufficient. In other words... You're not getting rid of the thorn. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. it keeps keeps you humble, gives you a perspective, and so forth. So, uh, you know, getting back to when these things happen, and you know, some of the things are hard, and so of course we don't always smile. But it's mature as sons and daughters of God on our final journey home. We can have the maturity to say, "No, this isn't pleasant. I'm sorry I have to go through it." But I trust God that there's a reason for this yeah. and that I do have to overcome it. And I think the other thing you realize is you, as you get closer to home, and we know this, St. Germain has taught that with his support and we do the, the decrees and the Bible of and so forth, he would help us get our ascension in this life or the next, depending on how old we are, and when you, when you find the teachings. And so when you think about it, the, ag- the, the total karma we might have, so we say, might be significant. And as much as the Bible of could do, some things you have to go through physically. Less, even though maybe mitigated. So again, keeping your vision and keeping your perspective. I'm reminded of this one dear lady that was in our organization many years ago. Very simple, sweet soul. And they were, she was visiting Washington, D.C. And somebody took a picture of her and two other people that were, were in the group. And when the picture was developed, she had this spiral of light around her. And the messenger mm. said that was the ascension coil. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> but there's more to this story. And so... This dear soul got a very severe case of cancer and was suffering a lot. And someone talked to her and she turned to her and said, it's worth it. Just hang on, endure if that's what it takes. And of course, now she's an ascended master. Oh, isn't that something? So keeping your perspective and keeping on are keys to the path. Because you have a master within you. You have a holy Christ self that when you merge with that, and and your divine personality is going to be a unique God-free being in this cosmos, one that while you're still alive can make a tremendous difference on the planet. God needs Christed ones walking the earth, and we have, by God's grace, the potential to do that. Yeah. Well, again, you know, brings us back to the thesis for today's show, and actually every show, is that we are on that path to becoming ascended masters. It is, again, it's not a fantasy. This is not a wild-eyed you know, kind of hippie thing. This this is real. And not only is it real, but we exhibit this in ways that will inspire other people to recognize the reality of this path as well. That's not right. Just it's, us. it's the old, I want what he's got yeah. sort of a thing. Yeah, you, know? I mean, you know, I remember many years ago and Jesus gave a dictation where he said, now is the time that you need to put on your Christhood. And I said to my wife, I don't know what that means exactly. What does it mean? How do I do that? And finally, you know, eventually things seep through this skull up here. You know, it takes a while, but they get through. Is you become the Christ by allowing the Christ to come into you, to work through you, speak through you, displacing the human. And you're not giving up your free will. You're becoming who you are meant to be. And therefore, you embrace that free will. I mean, all power in heaven and earth was given to Jesus. And anyone that puts on their Christhood that has that attainment 
can have that same power. But obviously, God's not going to give it to you if you can't use it properly. Well, now, except that what our understanding is that we are operating on God's energy all the time. Yeah. Every thought, word, and deed is animated by that energy, which is God. Right. So we've got to make sure that as we master this path, we are mastering and purifying that energy so when it goes back to him, it's pure in a, in a godly way, not in a human way. Perfection well, way. it doesn't go back to them if it's if yeah, it's ungodly. Yeah, it sinks around, uh, becomes our negative karma around true. the lower part of our form. Um, so yeah, it becomes mastery requires work. Well, it's, and stewardship. Yeah, you know, we, again, we'll, we'll hear an excerpt in a few minutes here from Mrs. Prophet on this subject. She says that you know God gives us this energy, basically the essence of His goodness all the time. The good steward uses it, takes advantage of it, multiplies it. The poor steward pours it out on the ground. Yeah. Right. And and it doesn't, you know, those that squander it, you know, there is a time limit. Right. It may be a long time limit, but nevertheless, you know, it's very important to honor the, the light that God gives you and, and to strive to use it appropriately. Yeah, you know, and we, we talk a lot about trying to make this simple. Yeah. And you mentioned it earlier, Terry, about, you know, you had an accident. You're willing to embrace that accident in a, in a grateful kind of way. Right. We've talked about this so many times that this is a path of grace and gratitude. Those key words will help you get through things. Well, how many people do you know that have had some terrible tragedy or something happened to them physically, and at some point in their lives will say, this is the best thing that ever happened to me? Yep. Yeah. That's you right. know, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And you the, don't always know at the beginning. Well, usually you don't at the beginning. <laughs> You're just trying to adjust to it. Yeah. But, um, you know perspective and co-measurement ask god to give you that along we talked about the gift of discernment mm-hmm. to discern you know is this really god's will or is this you know something that i've gone off in the right wrong direction and so on and so forth but um it's an understanding that god loves you he cares for you he'll work with you he'll help you your holy christ self is your voice of conscience it's your guardian angel he's your best friend in all of cosmos <laughs> get to know him <laughs> That's right. You know, and the other thing, too, is that when we embrace this concept of ourselves as ascended masters, the initiations kind of increase. There are some where we end up having to deal with uh, spiritual pride, for example, or oftentimes the karma that comes from the result of our kind of being overbearing in our in our righteousness, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, we've, we've got some tests to come. In the, and I think you said this earlier, Sid, that some of the tests that we recognize are subtle they're not obvious. They don't come with a billboard. They kind of creep up on us from behind. And so we have to be very careful. Our discernment has to be fine, finely tuned. And our awareness of what we're wanting to gain has to be really clear to us all the time. You know, doing the right thing, knowing the right thing and doing it. You know, I, I bought something from Amazon recently and <gasps> I decided to return it. You know, you can get them to pay the postage or, or you have to pay it depending on the thing. And so you think, well, is there something about this that really wasn't, you know, right or it didn't work or it was misrepresented and on the page you know and so forth sometimes i search long and hard to find that <laughs> yeah. the other day I said you know what this is my decision i can't expect amazon to yeah. pay for it you know so that you get those little tests too you know um and and so along with the big ones and you know what's interesting too is god has the right to test you more than once <laughs> yes I and you may think wait a minute why am i getting this test i i passed this one before you know but God has the right to do that. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't do it all. In other words, there was a portion left. You mean? Well, but even if there's not a portion, you still get tested more than once. Yeah. Because you know you might have been feeling good that day. You know what happens when your back hurts? You know. I mean, <laughs> you're always yeah, being right. tested. But you know what? It's okay. That's how you're going to get home. If you That's weren't right. being tested, you wouldn't be able to make spiritual progress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the journey, the fulfillment of our potential is what we're really after. 
becoming one with God through this path of the ascension to the path of the ascended masters, it doesn't brook any compromise. It is it is what it is, as my mother would say. <laughs> Which I always tell her, unless it isn't. But that's another thing. You know, we may not like the rules of the path. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, that's sort of our tough luck. <laughs> well, uh, that's true. You yes. know, this is the way it's going to be, and you can either conform or you can rebel. And, you know, that's where surrender comes in. But And Mrs. Prophet talks about this point in her lecture. You have to have love. You have to love God. That's your motivation. That's why you do things. Why, why else would you? If you didn't love God and want to go home to God and for your gratitude to God, why do this? Yeah. You know. And so that's why we're willing to give up, quote, unquote, the things of the world, which get us nowhere but trouble for the most part, and uh, give ourselves to God. And this surrender process, that, you know, we have a decrease. We surrender. To your holy vow. Is that, is that, I think that's the name of it. Yeah. And it is sweet to surrender to God because God loves us so much. He'll care for us. He'll protect us. He'll guide us. You can sleep at night <laughs> yeah. knowing that God's watching over you. I think that decree is a part of uh, the wedding ceremony, isn't it? Is, it? Where it is. they, the, that's right. The bride and the groom say that together. We did it's that. very, very sweet. Yeah. And it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're coming up again on a break already. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You know, uh, when we come back, we're going to listen to an excerpt from a lecture by Mrs. Prophet, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, talking about the master image, which in fact is kind of what we want to superimpose in our consciousness over who we are, who we may believe we are, and who we truly are. So we'll be back in a few moments. Please stay with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us. Today we are finishing off our 15 part series, The Enlightenment Masterclass, again, which is based on the Corona Class lessons, which we highly recommend that you pick up a copy of if you so desire. You can get those at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and tsl.org slash bookstore, Corona Class Lessons, or Masterclass, either one will get you there. And really worth having this book. Yeah, I'm just going to say, Tom, if I may, when people hear the recording, part of it is Mrs. Prophet reading from the book. Right. And part is what she's commenting on. So that's, that's true, why, yeah. it, it's, and she doesn't always make that known. What she's <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a mixture. You can kind of tell the difference yeah. in the vibration, but uh, yeah. yeah, it is a mixture. A little hard to see bold on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Italic bold on the line. Exactly. Well, you know, the, the question that we're asking today, we're actually the, the focus today is the master image, meaning you as an ascended master. What does that mean, and how do you acquire that image, and how do you acquire the destiny behind it? Here's more. Through every moment of each day, God is releasing to everyone on earth the same pure energy of his own nature, the essence of all goodness. Yet the end result of this release, which can be honestly declared to be impartially given, is that one receives and amplifies it as a good steward, whereas another wastes it by pouring it out upon the ground. The final point to keep constantly in mind is that living vigilance must countermand every human impulse which does not have the approval of one's own divine Christ nature. Living vigilance must countermand every human impulse which does not have the approval of one's own divine nature and replace it by the ever-watchful directions of the perfect and correct manifestation of the heavenly intent until the fullness of the seamless garment of Christ's perfection descends and abides with each disciple, waking or sleeping, conscious or unconscious, and magnifies without limit that God plan which invokes for the disciple the entire master image. The master image. Think of the image of you as master. It's the image of your Christ. And that's what you are about drawing into manifestation. Now let me tell you that this living vigilance must be just that. Not a dead or dying vigilance. Not a vigilance of rote. I have had a recent experience of watching an individual who has pursued this path as a chila for years by human will, by an enormous human will, but nevertheless a human will. And what has happened to this person is that they have taken the human will instead of the living vigilance to countermand every human impulse which they thought did not have the approval of their I am presence or the messenger or the brotherhood. 
What happened to this person? They became so rigid they were about to break. I thought they were going to break in two. And I had to finally say, your human will, constantly attempting to affirm the path of the brotherhood, does not have the capacity for attainment. Nobody's human will does. Only God in you can countermand the human impulses and replace them with the directions of the divine intent. This is a path you cannot follow by human will. You can harness your human will to God's will, and God will take care of that human will. God is the great cloud of your I am presence. He will assimilate that will and transform it until you are the divine will in action. You've got to start with what you've got, and we've got to start with a will that we can feel in our hearts and let it be more and more of God and less and less diluted. But let me tell you, you can put yourself into a state of physical, human will discipline where you make yourself do everything you think is right and make yourself not do everything that is wrong. But if you do it without the Father, without the Son, without the Holy Spirit, and without the Mother, you wind up just being somebody that's programmed the computers of the four lower bodies. And that program can just as easily be erased or deprogrammed. So the only way to succeed as a disciple is to have the living vigilance of Christ and let Christ in you by your agreement, by your great desiring heart, by your great love for God, countermand every human impulse. Then it works. Then those four lower bodies are no longer just a computer to program. Those four lower bodies become the vessel of the Holy Ghost. They become a consecrated temple. And that's why you're different from a human automaton that's walking around L.A., programmed to this or that or the next thing. Here is the greatest teaching of the age. But if you do not understand the razor's edge of two paths, pursuing it willfully, mechanically, for self-gain, or pursuing it because you love God. No other reason. There's no other reason to be in this room but that you love God. And you love his fire locked in people who are suffering immensely. You love his presence in the souls of light and you want to help free people to be God. There's no other reason for discipleship. If you've got motives, ambitions, politicking, power moves, etc., you'll never make it. And you'll wind up being angry at me because you didn't get what you wanted when you came here. Better go out and find an easier path and at least be harmonious. You've got to find your level of harmony. And what takes you from that level? Hold on to the plane where you can be harmonious and don't add all the tensions of life and the path and its demands on top of yourself in one day and become a nervous wreck. You can only live lawfully with God in the place where you can be harmonious. And if you're under too much stress, you've got to figure out why. What are the pressures in your four lower bodies? What do you need to do in the routine of your life? Maybe you just need to start wearing tennis shoes or sneakers and jog for 10 minutes on your way to lunch and back or something. 
Maybe you need a flow and an exercise. I'm a firm believer that everyone needs once a day to push that heart to the maximum. Like jogging or some other exercise where you're breathing as hard as you can breathe, your heart is pumping, you've revved up the engine of your body to that peak point. And if you don't do that every day, you're going to have all kinds of tensions and health problems and pressures and toxins residual in your body. You're not going to sweat. You're not going to obey the basic laws of health. Then you're going to get discordant because you're not happy in your body. Then you're going to condemn yourself for not being a good Sheila. And it goes around and around. You come back to decrees. You think, well, if I just go and do my estrellas, I'll get rid of this inharmony. Then you begin to get annoyed and resent the fact that you have to decrease so much to deal with the basic imbalance in your four lower bodies. So then you start resenting the decrees and resenting the path when you yourself are really not observing and knowing yourself. Man, know thyself means know every part of yourself. Learn to live with yourself. Learn to love yourself. Not be too indulgent and not too intolerant. This is a very worthy servant, these four lower bodies. So is your body elemental. They serve you well, and so you have to also serve them. So you see, knowing oneself should not tip the scales into over-self-concern and selfishness, where you dote upon yourself to be sure that you're all right all the time. You lose yourself in service, but it's almost like not quite. You remember to get your sleep, take your exercise, breathe the fresh air, look at the sun, be joyous, be free. Find your formula. Everyone does not receive the identical experience pattern. Some do not require it. If you have a requirement, you should acknowledge it, examine it, and see what you can do about it in your life. Remember, it's your ascension. You have to take everything you have learned about the path and put it together in a life you can live with joyfully. I don't think too many sour pusses make their ascension. No, I don't think it's possible. I think you really have to find the key to your life, and love is the key. Love is the key to this entire quarter, the key to the heart of the Buddhas. They loved enough to become the Buddha. And that's the question they ask you. After all is said and done, the bottom line is, do you love enough to become the Buddha? Do you love enough to become the mother? It is truly wonderful to be a part of those who love God in heaven and on earth and to know we can be one forever and we never have to partake of the consciousness of lesser desire. God bless you. My, my, what a feast. Again, I, I must tell you that um, I take so many notes every time I go through these excerpts and I keep finding new things to just marvel at. I mean, that we must want to free people to be God. We must want to have that balance in a joyful way. It's just amazing. You know, just, the, the, I remember one of the masters said once, you can, emit, you can measure your level of attainment by the amount of joy you have in your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Isn't that isn't that powerful? Yeah. Oh, it's remarkable. And, and, and when she talks about sourpusses, <laughs> we all have known a sourpuss. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we say to ourselves at some level, how do you get through life with that expression on your face? You know, you know it's funny. I was telling uh, Tom before the show, my daughter who's in high school now, and she said she went to school on Monday and one of her friends was there and was grumpy and like a real sourpuss for the day. And my daughter was just said, I was so happy. I said, look, I don't want to be like you today. I'm going to stay happy. <laughs> Good for and, her. And, you know, it, it, you see, you understand the point here, not that you don't go to people and eat. But she said, my daughter says, well, I think she was just, she wasn't really that way. She just wanted attention. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I, and this doesn't mean you don't have pain or challenges. Everybody does. Sure. Sometimes the most joyous people, if you knew what they're really going through, you'd be pretty, pretty shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Padre Pio. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and I think the question that comes down to, do we love enough to become the Christ? Do we love enough to become the Buddha, the Mother, God? You know, this is the whole point of being an Ascended Master. That's the fundamental question, isn't it? That's it, yeah. So, well, let's let that fundamental question kind of hang there for now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back, and we'll do our best to answer it. Do we love enough to become God? Back in a moment. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. 
Now, back to our show. And we are back once again. Thanks for staying with us on The Open Door. Um, when we left at the end of the last segment, um, we had just listened to a lecture excerpt from Mrs. Prophet on the image of the, the master, you know, that we are becoming ascended masters. And basically, we're very close to that goal right now. One of the questions that comes up is discerning the difference between the human will and the Christ will or the, the Christ image. Let's talk about that just a little bit, because I think it's something that challenges everybody at one level or another. Yeah, I mean, what is, you know, some people uh, say, well, I feel it's God's will when really deep in their heart, (laughs) it's their will. And so first thing you have to do is ask God for his will, not my will, but thine be done. That's a mantra we should be giving every day. Not my will, not my will, not my will, but thine be done. You know, that gives God, the angels, the permission to intercede, to give you direction. Jesus said, lo, I am come to do thy will, O God. Well, we can all make that affirmation. Lo, I am come to do thy will, O God. In other words, God, please guide me. What is your will? So I know what it is. Sometimes, you know, I might have desires that might take me off off the track, so to speak. But I want to talk a little bit, if I may, Tom, about, you know, human will. In other words, sometimes people with the strongest will, even if it's wrong, are the ones God can use the most. I mean, look at look at Saul. Yes. Um, here's a guy that was had a strong will, very devoted to God. Unfortunately, he was going around persecuting Christians, you know, including letting Stephen be stoned to death. So he had a very powerful will. It just wasn't right. And so he went through the conversion on the road to Damascus. And so he became a powerful servant for God. In other words, that powerful will that he had actually allowed him to then take that momentum and give it to God. And then God could use that will. And he changed Western civilization. So you can see we don't, God doesn't necessarily want people that are jellyfish. I mean, what's he going to do with that? You know? <laughs> um, and so you have to have your own will at a certain level and the strength of that will, even if it's not perfect, for God to use that, to convert it, if you will, to his will. As I think Mrs. Prophet mentioned, the cloud of your I am presence takes that will and turns it around. So yeah. we don't want passive jellyfish. You're never going to make it home. <laughs> yeah. Just right. like sour pushes are never going to make it home. Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure that will is going in the right direction. Well, um, I think you, you made a point before about one of the measures of our ability to subsume our will to God's will is the l- amount of joy we have in our lives. Uh-huh. That You can use that as a barometer, if you will, to determine just how, how much somebody has released, become harmonious, subsume their will to God's will. And humility, and the ability to be humble about it and say, you know, if I've made a mistake here, help me, God, you know, help me uh, apologize to somebody, you know. Yeah, don't let me, don't let me sleep if I need to go. I mean, you know how we go back and forth, you feel a prompt to do something, and you don't really want to do it, you try and reason with yourself, well, I da 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 and finally, hopefully, it gets so strong, you say, no, I know I have to do this, and unfortunately, what happens if you don't do it, and you do it enough, don't do things enough time, your Holy Christ self will stop speaking to you, which would be a disaster oh, yes. for, for our path and so forth. So we have to have that attunement, that humility, and realize God is the doer. You know, I remember, I may have told this story, but I think it's a good one. When I was maybe 16 or 17, my grandmother was living with us, and she didn't drive, and so she had to ask people to take her places. So one day she was in the morning in the kitchen, and she said, Sid, can you, can you drive me such and such a place, you know? 
And I thought about my schedule. I, yeah, I can take you there. And so then she looks up at heaven. She says, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I said, hey, what about me? I'm the one that's driving you. <laughs> but she was actually right. God is the doer. And, of course, as a courtesy, she might have said thank me. But the reality is it's God in you as the doer. And when you realize that. Jesus, take the wheel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. You know, when you realize that, it, it really is a different look, out, look on life. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Because whatever we do, we use God's energy, and if we make the calls for God's will, then, you know, what I tell people is, you know, if it works, if it goes well, God did it. If it doesn't go well, you're accountable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you know, as Mrs. Prophet was kind of listing all the various adjectives to describe that experience, he was going to, you know, love, joy, clarity, balance, harmony, all the things that we want. And then she also made the point about, well, you can have those if you subsume your will to God's will, but you may not be able to get that attainment through the mechanical use of your human will. No. You know, and I think that's something that... It's, You're not going to get by becoming one with a computer. That's not going <laughs> to get you there. Yeah, what'd she say? You wind up just being somebody that's programmed. Yeah. You know, who wants that? I mean, that's what they're trying to get us to do right now with this artificial, artificial intelligence and, and everything like that. That has nothing to do with the Holy Christ self and making it home to your mighty I am presence. No, and it may have a measure of predict- predictability, but that's exactly what we don't want. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got a question for you guys. <clears throat> How do you know if you love God? Good question. Ooh. In other words, Mrs. Prophet says, you can't make it on the path. You shouldn't even be in this room hearing her if you don't love God. Well, how do you know if you love God or not? Well, I know by choosing, but I, is there an answer? That, no, I was, <laughs> that was just a question. How do you, oh, how do you know you love, you'd love God, Terry? Well, I, I would measure it against uh, maybe where I've been in life and, and the things that I used to love and that I don't necessarily have a love for anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe that shows that I'm on you know, the plus side of the of the dial. You know, I think for me, uh, as I go through a daily ritual of gratitude, recognizing all the things that are good in my life, things that I have the, ex- the, the pleasure to experience, that shows me that a level of God's love is present in my experience. It, it's like a gift. I mean, I just say thank you for this home. Thank you for this opportunity to learn. Thank you for whatever it is you've given me that allows me to accelerate my consciousness and grow in joy. It, it could be looking at a sunset, you Anything, know. Yeah. Oh, God, you are so magnificent. I say yeah. to my daughter sometimes, I mean, what do atheists do when they see something so beautiful? Who, who can they thank or glorify, <laughs> you know, other than random actions, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's feeling that in your heart or the love of a person beyond your family that is in pain. You're, you you feel compassion and love for them. And people have a love of God that they don't even know they have. In other words, they can't identify it as such. But if your motives are on the spiritual path are to get home to God, to help others to do these things, then you do have a love for God. And at some point, we're all tested on that. Those outer things that were so important to us may be temporarily taken from us. Look at yeah. Job, yeah. you know. Boy, Job, you must be a really bad guy. Look at all the things that have happened to you, you know. So it's, you know, we tested, do we really love God? And I think we go to that point, no matter what happens in my life and the world, I know that I love God. Well, you know, maybe at some point that equation is that you look at the choices that you make and there's a choice to have a human experience or have a a holy spiritual experience. Maybe that's how you measure your love of God and God's love for you. So how often do you get the opportunity which to make those is, which choices? Which is the priority. Yeah. And here's another uh, another measure. How much do you appreciate all the different things that you see? If you see somebody that's not like you or that's, that's completely different, has a different opinion or whatever, you have to you have to be able to say to yourself, well, look what look at the different flower that God put in his garden. 
you know, and really appreciate it for what it is, you know. Um, yeah. And be willing to celebrate other people's victories. You yes. Know? This, I love this about the path. Everybody on the path of the Ascended Masters can be a winner. There, are, there doesn't have to be one loser on this path. <laughs> True enough. I mean, yeah. what else in the world has that to offer? Yeah. And you can rejoice. When my brother has a victory, I have a victory. That's yeah. right. You know, so we rejoice together. Mm-hmm. We love each other. We love God. We love this path. We love where we're going. Because this is who we want to be. This is who we are. Yeah. And allow yourself to recognize who you are. Allow yourself not to think you should be one of the crowd and go with the, whatever the social mores or norms are in the world right now. But allow yourself to recognize that you have that light within you. That for whatever reason, you have different motives or intents. You were confused, perhaps, by all that's going on in the world. But look and, and say... I really do want God. I really want to know the truth. I want to be that instrument of love to help others. Amen. You know, I don't need what the world has to offer, so to speak. This is what, this is really who I am. Know who you are. Mrs. Prophet said, know <laughs> thyself. And look at the way uh, these couple of these recent uh, hurricanes that have hit, hit land in America. Oh, yeah. And the way people were just... I mean, it was like it was like the entire spirit of the Great White Brotherhood was working together. They came down, yeah, the, yeah. They every, brought it forth on selfishness in people. Oh yeah, everybody was helping everybody. Yeah, it's like they were all family. You know, and and another angle to the answer to that question, I think, is the degree to which we are free from human desire. And a lot of times, we recognize that certain things weighed us down. Our, our desire to have something, or to experience something, or to fill some lack in our lives. And God is the one who fills those holes, you know, and we don't have to worry about what we don't have as humans because we're going up higher. And this is the whole thesis. You know, when I remember when I was fairly early on and when I was young, it's, you know, I really wanted to get married, but I also wanted the spiritual path. So, you know, they weren't necessarily contradictory, but you want to have the right marriage and so forth. And I remember at that time, people weren't getting married uh, on the path. They were, you know, they were just pursuing their spiritual life. And I Mm. said, well, God. I really do want to get married, but if that's the price I have to pay of not getting married to be on this path, I choose the path, you know. And interestingly enough, that's how I ended up meeting my wife is on the <laughs> spiritual path. Yeah. So, you know, give it to God. And you got to be really, really to give it to God. Let it go. And God will give it back to you if it's his will. Well, that that is a great test, the degree to which we can let something go that we want. You know, I mean, it's it's there's a weight attached to the human desire, going back to my earlier point, that we can relieve ourselves of simply by filling it with God, filling it with and love. And trusting God. Yeah. You know, do we trust God? I mean, that's a that, that's a, as fundamental a question as do we love God? <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure you got the whole picture here. Yeah, God, I know. You know, <laughs> but we have to trust in the will of God. Yeah, and, and it's like the God in you, Sid, knew when you should be married. And so by, by surrendering it, it, it happened in God's time. Yeah, but in an outer way, you know, I mean, my wife and I always say it's a good thing we didn't meet in college because we were on opposite sides of the political spectrum. <laughs> Ooh. You know. well, I don't think my wife and I would have gotten along, the, you know, when, you know, years and years and years ago, we had to go through certain things. You know? Oh, we will all do. Yeah. You know, going back to what you were just saying a moment ago, too, and the one of the yardsticks that we can measure how much we're in alignment with God's will is simply that God's will is good. The will of God is good. That's, that's 
it doesn't get much simpler than no, that. You know? That's a billboard. And, you know, God has a longer <laughs> perspective, which is a good thing, yeah. uh, than we do. He knows what's better for us, what's important. And, you know, I, I don't always know that, I, I can safely say. <laughs> well, if you, if you get to the fork in the road, you can generally use that question. It's a good. That's why we're only given 24 hours in a day. And <laughs> tomorrow will be another thing. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there's a freedom that comes with loving God. And yeah. trust in God, freedom that nothing else on this planet can offer. Uh, amen. Well, on that note, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, if we have time, we may try to summarize some of this uh, 15-part series that we've been engaging in for the last three and a half, four months. But nonetheless, we're just grateful that you are here listening to this show, being part of this with us, because that's God's will, too. So thank you for being here, listening to the fact that you have a seed within you, which is the master image of Christ, your ascended master persona. It's a real thing. And anyway, we will be back in a moment. Please stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. For staying with us, we are here as we always are every week on The Open Door. I was just thinking during the break about how we've used this line before that uh, time is shortened for the elect. I think this show is shortened. <laughs> the so people don't have to listen to us too long. <laughs> right. Is that what you're saying, John? <laughs> sort of, kind of. It, it seems to go by so fast. It's you know, just the passage of time. Well, that was a yeah. mystical statement when I was young. I, oh, yeah. I didn't understand that at it all. It still is. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you look at the world and what's going on, you know, it's a mercy of God. Well, yeah. the reason that I kind of mention it here is that when we're talking about becoming ascended masters, in some respects, we're a little bit late and we've said this in other shows previous to now, that the the, the, the point of the um, statement was that we are candidates for the ascension, and that when Jesus came here to initiate the, the age of Pisces, I believe part of the intent there was for people to kind of get their spiritual stuff together and make their ascensions. Well, I think what the teaching is, Tom, and is that people had not advanced where they should be. Yeah. At, as we were, you know, within 2,000 years of the end of a 26,000-year cycle. And so Jesus came as the Savior to take our karma for the next 2,000 years so that we could sort of get our act together. 
because we had to take it back at some time because it was our karma. So hopefully some of us did make that progress or made it, you know, recently. So therefore we can take back our karma, balance it and make our ascension. Um, and that's the opportunity we have today. If we, if we had all answered the call, so to speak, 2,000 years ago, would there have been a dark age? Or was that something we had to go through? Well, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that, that some people uh, delayed their ascension um, until now because they need to be in physical embodiment. Too. So, you know, you just don't know. But I think we assume that um, we have work to do. And uh, it's easy for me to assume. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, and we, need right. to get, we need to get with it. Yeah, be about our father's business. <clears throat> well, and, and if you balance all of your karma, there's a little bit of world karma out there that you can deal with next. So yeah, none of us right. have to worry about being underutilized. <laughs> well, in terms of, um, you know, making this transition in our thinking to becoming ascended masters, again, I want to go back to the fact that it is not entirely inevitable that that will happen because we always have free will. But we are, as spiritual seekers, on that path. And what you said a moment ago, Terry, about you know where we were maybe 2,000 years ago, we probably already knew we wanted this opportunity to be realized in our lives at some point. But the opportunities don't come every day. Yeah. So one of the things that we've spoken of many times here is that the opportunities that we have like right now to recognize this path of the ascension, the path of becoming an ascended master, may not be granted to us again if we if we say no to it until who knows when. Yeah. You know, it's it's a we we can't know the, that part of the future. I mean, maybe the, in the book of life, our ascension date is written, but we don't really know what that is. But we can assume, based on the teachings, that we are on that path right now. Right, and that's where you know, uh, when you love God and you work and you strive, you don't have to worry about all those things. You know, as, as you're attentive to the things. In other words, I'm not afraid of God or afraid of where I am. If I know I love God now and doing everything I can, then I'm at peace. And that's like Mrs. Prophet said, you got to find the, the point of harmony in your life. And, um, you know, it's a striving, it's a work, it's a, you know, correcting yourself, it's learning lessons. It's very dynamic, this path. Yeah. And it's very exciting, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, and very challenging. But, you know, what else are we going to do, friends? I mean, <laughs> do you want to go out and make money like you've made in, 10,000 other embodiments. I mean, where does it lead to? Yeah. You know, karma mostly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, yes. And this whole in thing of, I can remember where, uh, well, in, in a previous show, we've talked about how afraid people are to make the statement, I, I want to do your will, God. <laughs> you know, yeah. doing God's will can be a scary thing. And I think that when you're afraid to do God's will, you can, <laughs> you can look at a picture of El Moria and he looks really stern. But when you're okay with doing God's will, he has a love in his aura in that picture in his that eyes, is just sure. absolutely beyond. You know, and I want to say again, you know, God is not a tyrant. You know, the ascended masters are not tyrants. They will meet you where you are at. Mm -hmm. And they never condemn anyone, ever. It's like Jesus. I, I didn't come to condemn people. He came to teach them. And so, you don't, the only condemnation that most of us get is either our self-condemnation or the condemnation of the fallen angels. It never comes from God. And so, you know, allow yourself to trust wherever you are on the path, whatever mistakes you made. Look, Paul, look what Paul did. Yeah. You know, if he just said, I'm unworthy to be your disciple, God, you know. What would happen to Western civilization? Yeah, you he's, know? he's been quoted for 2,000 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We hardly go a week by without quoting him here. Yeah. So, so you understand That's that true. you know <laughs> you can't condemn yourself, but you can strive and work, and God will give you the opportunity to do what you need to do to get home. He knows exactly what you need. Yeah. You don't have to even figure it out. <laughs> Just be attentive to that will, 
and attentive to things he brings you to, to do what is right. Let go and let God. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we did a show not long ago on the Great Commandment, uh, you know, love, I, love God as you love yourself or whatever, and, you know, but you love your brother as, as yourself too. Yeah. So that when Mrs. Prophet said that we want to want to free people to be God, that's another expression of the Great Commandment. You're basically saying, I see God in you and I recognize God in myself, and that's a form of love. Just that admission, that free. You know, you said it last segment that it's freedom. It's freeing to have God's wind in your sails. You know, Jesus came to to heal people, not not to rescue those that were fine. Right. You know, those of us that have been, you know, had some challenges and so forth. He came to to help us, to give us time, to opportunity. And if we can understand the true teachings of Jesus, that we are meant to walk in His footsteps, follow Him to our personal Christhood. If we can understand that. Just think of that door that opens for us. You know, not I'm a worthless sinner, unworthy to do anything except have somebody carry me into heaven. Yeah, one of the words that we heard a couple of times in that last segment was vigilance. And I think that what's, you know, kind of piggybacking on what you just said, Sid, is that one of the things that's required here is that we must have that living vigilance of Christ. That as we go through our lives, we can use it as an acid test. Would our Christ self do that or not? Well, it's like with that book, What Would Jesus Do? Wasn't Same that, thing, yeah. That, no, that was In His Steps. That was the name of in it. His in steps, His Steps. Yeah. What Would Jesus Do? That's a good question to ask. What would my Holy Christ self do? Well, let's see. He thinks, really thinks Amazon should pay for the return postage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that probably wouldn't happen. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it, so you, it, you can have something to guide you in your decisions because not all decisions are black and white. Some are very, very gray. You know, and another point that's kind of raised by that, too, is that the, the degree or the, the, the order of magnitude of the test is not revealed in the test so much. For example, if you go through a checkout at your grocery store and they over – if you get a dollar extra back, you should. You you see it most of the time, and if you don't give it back, well, it's only a dollar. What's the big deal? The the test is much bigger than that dollar. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you were talking about <laughs> Amazon shipping. Yeah. It's only a few bucks. Yeah. Who who cares? Well, this was heavy. <laughs> oh, okay. Thirteen fifty. Tom, I, I want to give a shout out to you for extracting. From this book, the Corona Class Lessons, <laughs> what you have done in this 15-part series. Uh, and I am really grateful. I mean, just think of all. It, it makes me feel like I want to go out. I wish it was a little bit smaller and it fit in my back pocket <laughs> because I could I could uh, use it like the Bible where you just open it to yeah. any page while you're waiting for your meal or your cup of coffee or you're standing in line. And I just want to encourage people to get the Corona class lessons. Yeah, really, indeed. And well, thank you for what you said. Of course, it's praise God. God is the doer, not us. But you're right. I mean, this is one of those books that can serve you well in any circumstance. There's 48 different lessons all about how to be the Christ, how to be one with your God self, how to basically know that you're loved by God and how, you, how to love God. You know, the, the masters say in the Eastern tradition of the guru-chila relationship, sometimes the guru will give the chila or the student uh, only one thing in an entire embodiment, a sentence or something to learn from. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they have to use that sentence for all the progress they're going to make in that embodiment. And we have sort of the opposite problem. Yeah. I mean, we have thousands of pages yeah, of yeah. teachings, but, you know, that's okay. All you need is one sometimes, a paragraph that you read or a sentence that will change your life. Mm-hmm. And God will lead those to you if you do your part, which either with a book or whatever you're, you're dealing with, you'll get that out of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think the important thing to remember is that you have within you the potential to be the fullness of God. 
there's no middle ground there. This is not a compromise. This is something that is a reality that you can embrace. So what's the Every, bow? What's the bow that you're going to tie on this? The ribbon. Well, I, want to, I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier because I think that it's it's the simple things. It's 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 operating in life with grace and gratitude. Uh-huh. I really think that that's part and parcel of what this is really all about is living your life with joy, with harmony, with clarity, with balance, with grace and gratitude, and with the fire to not let go and vigilance. Yes, of what you have. Garnered, you know, hold fast which thou hast received. Use it, work on it, build it. Let no man take from you what is your divine right. Oh, amen. Wow. That's the bow. That's the bow. Yeah. So if somebody wants to comment on that bow, they can call us and talk to us by way of their keyboard, TSL at, I mean, webradio at TSL.org. Webradio at TSL.org. We love to hear from you. Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. And uh, thank you again for being with us along this path, this journey. We hope that you continue to be there with us in this network, this mandala of light. You're instrumental. You're part of a very important thing. So thank you from the bottoms of our heart. And the upward path may sometimes be difficult. (laughs) The rewards are are out out of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.